This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we're live on the air for the first time with Sydney Decker. And I wanted to thank you for be- joining us on the Fam Electric Ghost podcast. How are you doing this morning? Well, at least that's where we are. It's morning. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it's morning so, here too. So thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm really excited to be here and for this conversation. We want to let people know the Fam Electric Ghost uh, podcast is available on the Newsly platform. You can see that icon over there. Uh, that's a, we're a featured podcast on that platform. So you can listen to us there after we're done with this interview. If you use coupon code GHOST, you can get one month free premium subscription on that platform. So that'll be great uh, for you to check out. Looks like the the Facebook for some reason is having an issue with their with their streaming today, but we will re-upload the the facebook version but the facebook is uh having a problem right now i'm not sure why but they tell us when they do but um thank you again for being on the podcast and want to let people know uh that they can find uh your website there for those of you on audio podcast is www.innerelementwellness.com uh so what would people find if they go to that website So if you go to innerelementwellness.com, you're going to find a wide range of different services that I offer. So I'm an Ayurveda health counselor, first and foremost, that's where I got my certification in. And so I have a Ayurvedic spa where I do actual in-person bodywork treatments and panchakarma, rejuvenation, detox regimens and sessions. So you could actually come and see me in person, whether you're in my local area, which is Pittsburgh, or if you want to, I have people who come in and fly in and see me as well. So you can come in for those Ayurvedic bodywork treatments. I also do wellness consultations, which can be in person or virtually. And that's where we sit down and I create wellness nutrition, lifestyle, self-care, and this is all framed around the Ayurveda perspective as well, but basically just really helping you to get a really good view into your health, into your body, into your dosha, which is your mind-body type, how you process food, how you digest food specifically to who you are. So we sit down and we really look at your holistic view, and then I create that wellness plan for you. And then I also do what's called shadow work, And that is where I really help people go deep into their mind and in their heart spaces. And we really start to look in uncovering the triggers, your traumas, your past, pain, whatever that is for you particularly. And I help you start to understand that and not only understand it, but turn that pain into your power. So help to utilize what you've been through and turning that into something that you can turn into your purpose or make sense of. So you're no longer carrying around those heavy thoughts, emotions, that type of stuff. So I've created a specific program that's an eight-week series that I do on there too. And then I do Reiki treatments, which is energy healing. And I've been doing workshops as well. Um, So you can find some things on there. I have a membership you'll find. I also have a free gratitude course that you can take. I'm really big on gratitude for my clients. And I just wrote a book that's called Cleanse Your Energy. Wow, you have a lot of things to offer there. So that's cool that we we addressed that right at the beginning because for the audio podcast, um, you know, they can't uh, see that link. But for people who are seeing the video, once we're fully published, it's clickable. So they'll be able to click right through and get right there. So we'll let people know this is actually episode 942 of the 
um, Van Electric Ghost Podcast. We've been on air since 2016. And in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, inner alchemy turning pain into power. So we wanted to get into that as the topic. And um, mm-hmm. so we wanted to probably ask you at the beginning, uh, one of the first things I'm going to ask is, um, um, you know, in your practice, what is actually uh, Ayurveda? What, what, what does that actually entail? So Ayurveda translates to mean life science or life knowledge. So Ayurveda is the study of life and it uses a very holistic, natural way of looking at the human being and looking at the world because I believe a lot of times we live in this very technological society and we've been living in this way and it's just getting more technological cars, driving around, that type of stuff that we've forgotten that human beings are actually part of nature and that a big healing and how to heal yourself is actually getting back in tune and in touch and in alignment with the true nature of who you are as a being, but also nature as well, um, like the actual natural world that we live in. And so Ayurveda really helps you to understand your natural body and the elements that make up your body. So Ayurveda focuses in on the elements, air, space, fire, water, and earth. And how these combine and create your body and your personal mind-body type. So there's three energy systems. There's vata, which is air and space. There's pitta, which is fire and water. And then there's kapha, which is water and earth. And every single human being have these elements within their body. So they have all five of them. But some people are born more with, let's say, an air element or more born with an earth element or a fire element. So say you're a fire person and you're eating a lot of spicy foods, right? Like that's going to increase your fire. So you may not understand that because you don't know what the elements are, but then you're getting acid reflux, stomach issues, IBS, Crohn's, like all those things because you're eating all this spicy food, not understanding that your your main base element is fire. So that's actually just creating more fire. So now you have skin issues, all these things. So if you came to see me, Ayurvedically speaking, I do your pulse assessment. I figure out what your mind-body type is, so how your brain works and how your body works based on the elements. It seems simple, but it's kind of complex in its own way. So if, say, you're the person with a lot of fire, so then I sit down and I create a program and I say, okay, we're going to have to cut back on the spicy foods and we're going to have to incorporate some more cooling cucumber, mint, parsley, those types of things that's going to actually help your body to get to a stable place so that way your fire isn't causing inflammation, IBS, Crohn's, acne, like those types of things. So basically, Ayurveda really just helps you to take control of your body, your mind, and your whole life in a lot of ways as well, and starts to help you understand who you are and what's going to work best for you and no longer trying to fit into like any particular Mm -hmm. set of like fad diets or what people are doing right now or like the generalization it's a very individualized way of looking at how yeah, it seems like uh, the, the individual body. approach is a better is a more um like a holistic approach a lot of times now we live in a society because the industrialization and you know capitalism and the, the whole idea was it got people into boxes and forgot about the individual and they said well everybody can be like mass going to a mass production mm-hmm. industrialized mindset and so People tend, you know, before that age, people were more artisans or individuals. They would create things by hand and be connected, you know, family farmers growing their own food. 
not being yeah. mass produced and not being made. So it will just, you know, tomatoes that won't bruise, but they don't have the nutrition value. You know, people just made things so they could make money mm -hmm. without thinking about right. what it means. And even in, in, in yes. general society, people try to clone other people yeah. instead of trying to make themselves, you know, they, they want to be, have the attributes that are popular rather than re realizing that your individual self is so unique, yes. you know, as a musician and an artist, I try to look at somebody and say, what is the actual heart of that artist, right? What is it that they're, they're scared to show me? Mm -hmm. What, you know, because they tend to want to show me something. Oh, it sounds like Taylor Swift. Said, well, every, you know, yes. Taylor Swift is already out there. I would rather hear what is the, the piece of music that you're most right. scared of because it's really you. And I want to actually make the, the version of that with, with a more authentic you and bring it out. So I think mm -hmm. I have something in common with what you're doing in a holistic mindset is I'm kind of holistic when it comes to art. I want to get to the to the essence of who that person is. And I think that's probably what you're trying to do yes. with this practice in, in that way. That's exactly what it is. I honestly do. I, I say to people that you, everyone's a work of art. So let's paint your picture, you know, let's paint your picture, not mm -hmm. what you've seen, like your, yeah, your it seems like so, a yeah, lot of problems amazing. that people have is, um, is they're not, you know, they've been told that their dreams are like childish or they're silly and they just need to do, you know, fit into a box, you know, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be an engineer. Like, and where's the art? Like, where's the actual, what if you want to be somebody that's a creative? Mm -hmm. You know, you want to go on Etsy or eBay, you want to, but people tell you, no, you should work nine to five in right. a box because that's more approved, right? So then your whole life yes. gets put in that box, that your healthcare is in a box, your food's in the box, everything's in the box. Yes. And the thing is, like as an artist, I, I always feel it's like it's heart, mind, body, soul, you know, spirit. And I'm part Native American, Cherokee, and Blackfoot. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of ideas in terms of like spirit animals, you know, Eastern philosophies that I'm more in tune with as an as an artist, because like I kind of feel like the muse. I kind of like I feel like if you're an artist, you kind of tap into that muse, right? And you kind mm -hmm. of allow yourself to trust yourself, but also be able to listen to what's out around you inside and outside. I think a lot of people don't listen to the inner voice and they don't listen to yes. that spirit wind or that spirit animal or the, they don't hear it because they've been kind of told not to hear it you know, or that's silly or you, that's not real. That's not tangible. I can't put it on yes. a graph, you know, immediately, maybe you could, but, but, you know, they can't try to turn it into a, a widget. <laughs> so they can't understand it, but it's real. And so it seems like you got to get to the things that, you know, that people are think are, aren't real, but they're actually very important. Exactly. Yes. And that's what I do. I help a lot. I say a lot of that too, is like living inwardly and being able to hold that anchor for yourself. So that way you're not being thrown in all these currents and getting thrown off and trying to fit into all these different boxes. Cause that's what gives stress that gets, you get sick. You don't feel good. You know what I mean? You don't want to live so your life. So yeah, that's, I love how you put that. You wanted to get in this practice. Maybe you, was it that you were, you know, in this modern world, you were dissatisfied with what the options were and it made you look for other things. Is that what happened? 
Yeah, so I struggled a lot growing up as an adolescent with um, depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Like it wasn't just like like classic. It was like real intense darkness for me where I didn't want to be here. And it was a lot of trying to fit in. I, I didn't like going to school. Like I had, I felt so much pressure to fit into certain things and to fit into society and to go to college and to, like you said, pick the right career that you're going to make money in and you're going to work nine to five. And it's like, I just felt so lost in the world because it's like, you don't care about me. You just care about how I'm going to fit in and pay my taxes or whatever that is, you know? So that was a big thing for me. And then my father, he struggled with alcoholism through most of my life. And then when I turned, um, I was almost turning 21, he committed suicide or he died by suicide. Um, I'm trying to use different language around that. So he died by suicide. And that really shook up some things for me and really made me look at life in a big way, um, look at death in a big way, and look at how I wanted to live and show up in my life because I didn't necessarily mm-hmm. want, I mean, I was headed on that trajectory, you know, and I didn't want after seeing what that is truly and feeling it and experiencing it on the other end, I was like, I really want to live. Like I want to be here. So how do I be? So I literally did. I started asking the universe, all right, how do I stay here? Like, how do I live here? And that's when I was brought to Ayurveda. And that's when I just fell in love with the practice. I started working and doing the body work. Te- I was a body work technician and I was doing the treatments and I just saw how so many people were feeling better and they had like really intense diseases. You know, they had really intense things going on in their life and they were mm-hmm. just the stress you could just see fall. Like you could see the smiles coming back on people's faces, like people telling me and being grateful for how they're feeling. And it was just amazing. And so I started practicing it and doing self-care things and looking at my own doshas and looking at my own elements. And I was like, I found my answer. And it's an answer for me. You know what I mean? I'm not like it's the only answer or anything like that. But I found the answer for me. I started learning about myself. I found out so many amazing things. I found out about the mind-body connection and how our body stores a lot of things and how you have to get those things out of the cellular memory or at least feel some of the emotions that you've suppressed that are just always like every day dripping out. You know, you want to like let the flood move through so that not every single day for the rest of your life, these moments are dripping out. You know, you want to like really feel that. So Ayurveda gave me the courage to start feeling my feelings and start helping me to make sense of how my mind, my body operate together. And another thing I really like about Ayurveda is it's not like a religion. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. It's not even like Hinduism or Buddhism or anything. But like you said, it brings in the importance of your spirit your life force, call it whatever it is that you want to call it, but we all wake up and we all are animated and we go around and we do things. You can call that God, you can call that life force, you can call it whatever it is that you want to, but we all have it. We're all moving around, we're all living and breathing. And once I started to tap into that spirit of mine, it has not stopped guiding me. Like it just guides me and it fulfills me. And sometimes I get scared and I don't want to do things like going out and putting myself out here like this. But my spirit's like, we got to do it. We got to spread the message. We It's it's fun. And it, it is fun doing these types of things. But if I didn't tap into that, I wouldn't yeah. have shown up here. You know what I mean? It's like there's just so much that Ayurveda has brought me that I just decided if it's going to bring me this much and it's going to help me transform this much out of my life, 
It's, it's kind of like, you know, I found music and I found creativity as, as a way to connect. And I, I immediately, as a kid, I got connected to music because of the vibrations and the, the whole feel of it. Right. And I was into poetry, but I really got into electronic music and people were like, well, that's a machine, but I'm into like analog synthesizers that create sound waves. And I actually do sound design. What I like about the sound design is I got into this idea of like expansive sound. Okay. Which means like every waveform that's out there, right? People feel it. When you talk, you create waveforms. When you sing, you create waveforms. Instruments make waveforms. And as a musician or a sound designer, we figure out how these waveforms actually affect people. Because like if you hear music, you can get music and get people really kind of jumping around like a mosh pit or or all waving together you know, because they got this like a universal feel, you figure out that these vibrations, whether they're vocal or through instruments, actually are kind of in tune with your own vibrations as a, as a person. As a, as a person, as electricity and signals and waveforms, we're, we're radiating. And I think as a musician, mm-hmm. we can tap into that whole idea is that there's this kind of universal key that or multiple keys that affect people in different ways and how you can, you know, even subconsciously get affected by these waveforms. And I found like, wow, that's a really cool thing. Whether I make money with it or not, it just is to me, it's a cathartic experience to create and connect with those waves. And, uh, that, that's how I, I kind of said, you know, you know, solve a lot of my own problems is by just being creative and connecting to that energy that is music. But I feel like when people find something, that's like inside and outside themselves. It's not just about making money. It's about connecting uh, or understanding yourself. It's like a self-examination of an artist. You know, we, we go and they, we take on the things that are hard and we try to create them mm-hmm. and turn it into art. You take something that affects you and turn it into art. I think you find a way as a, as a, yes. as a therapist through your, through, through this practice is how do you connect you know, this, there was somebody's depressed or somebody's feeling sad or somebody's melancholy. How do you channel that to something that's not that or and can use it to, to get better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting as you were saying that, because a lot of my work is an internal work. So it's like, for me, when I first started healing myself, right, and like really looking at things like I was like, how can I turn this that I've been into into something else? So it's like, it, it it's like, I saw the darkness, and I started to try to find the colors in the mm-hmm. darkness to start to create from that darkness who I want to be. And it's like, it's energy, right? So it's like, there's there's something here. There's a soil here in this darkness and I want to grow from it. So when you were saying that with the waves and the creativity, I almost saw it's like the spectrum of color is like there's so many different mm-hmm. colors in the darkness that we can't see. It's like a melding. But if you start to kind of piece it apart, you can start to see the greens and the blues and the purples and the pinks and the yellows and the oranges. And like you can start to actually create something from that because in your experiences it is creation you know you're what can you learn from this what is here for me what what is this and you know our society it, it only takes you to this is horrible that this happened to you 
and it doesn't take you any farther than that you know it's like it keeps you in those like we said boxes but even with experiences you get boxed in and it's like this is so sad and this is so awful and it's like we we like to feel the good feelings but we don't realize that in order to create mm-hmm. what it is that we want to feel we have to go deep into those other pieces in order to feel that. So in order to really truly feel love, you have to feel some type of grief, you know, in order to truly feel joy, you have to feel some type of sadness and anger, you know, it's, it's, they go into each other. So it's like, yeah. And it's like when you were saying that with the sound waves, you think about it, like like, you think about the sound waves that Karen Carpenter triggers when she, she sings. There inherently seems to be some kind of melancholy, even in her voice when she's singing happy songs. There was just some weight in the in the signals coming off her voice. Mm-hmm. That there's nobody that sounds like her. And if you hear it, it triggers like sound paintings or visions. You know, that's what happens with music. It's like I have I've gotten to this idea that even the Beatles, you know, they talked about it, the idea of sound painting. And Hendrix talked about it. Like people asked him, like, what are these sounds you're doing? He's like, they're sound paintings. And what, what does that mean? Like, there's colors in the sounds. There's there's scenes that I'm triggering. Like, as musicians, we can trigger these like, kind of cinematic mm. kind of points of view from our audiences in what we create because it, it's all connected. So the auditory experience triggers visions. And visions can trigger sounds. And so it's all interconnected and it goes back and forth. And when you, you part of the whole thing is like, there are some things that are dark. There are things that are light. There are things in between. And, and in order to get through it, it's not all happy. You know, like you said, it's like, you have to kind of mm-hmm. work through the frustrations to get to the, something that that's beautiful. Yeah. It has imperfections. It's not perfect. But most of the art has a lot of imperfections and that's why it's beautiful. And so when people start to realize that's part of the whole experience, you have to embrace like all mm-hmm. the good and the bad in the in between. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. And that's such a cool idea too, thinking about the sound and creating like images and visions and like the sound painting. Like yeah, that is really, really cool. It's a way to kind of think about how you can I use like art therapy. Cause I've talked to therapists and I've kind of connected to some that try to, you know, want music to kind of, you know, create, some kind of background music or music therapy that like you know people use sleep, sleep therapy they'll hear like white noise or wind or the ocean to try to calm somebody you know so you create some kind of soundscape that can actually help you know yes. somebody yeah. meditate or relax or kind of because they can do it you know your brain can connect to that and um yeah it's, it's this is something mm-hmm. that you can realize that you know yeah. people say well i'm not creative but Everybody, every human being, in my opinion, has a creative capability. They might just not believe it. They've been told something that they're not good at it, and they have to somehow be an expert, but you don't. Everybody has their own vision, their own capability. You can kind of tap into it and figure out how to help yourself, whatever you're creative at. You know, I think it just helps move you forward. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I like to do a lot with clients is when they come in is to give them permission to be who they've been. Honestly, for me, inner child work is a big thing that I do and that I um, encourage my clients to do as well, because 
a lot of our joy, a lot of our creativity, and a lot of our spirit is lost in childhood. Because when you're when you see a child, it they just are experiencing, you know? They're just fully there. They don't know about how you gotta act like a robot to fit in, you know, you don't you gotta wear the certain things and do the jobs and do the right things. And if you step out, you're weird. Like you you've seen children. They're just they are who they are. And they'll say, they'll look at you straight up and be like, why is your yeah. hair ugly? Like, you know, like they just, they're just who they are. Or they're, they're going to come to you and be super loving and be like, exactly. And they're like, I love you. And I mean, granted, we don't need to be going around and telling people like, why is your hair like that or whatever. But so there's some of those things. But at the same time, when I started to go back into when I was doing my own healing, I started to look at myself in childhood and who I was and I used to do talk shows as a kid. I used to record myself doing talk shows and I loved it and I would edit and do all these things and I wanted to be a healer and so I would make like these little concoctions outside with like flowers and dandelions and like twigs and all these things and I wanted to write, I would write books and poetry and do all these things and I, I wanted to be a fashion designer, which I haven't done something like that yet, but when I started to look into those things, I realize now what I love to wake up doing, which is my job and being a business owner and helping people the ways that I mm -hmm. did yeah. things as a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like I wrote a book, I'm going on podcasts and I'm putting myself out there. This is joy for me. This is fun. And it's where my spirit is. And a lot of the information that I got when I was like, well, what's my purpose? What should I do here? I had to kind of follow it back to, well, what was little Sydney doing? What did she find joy doing by herself in her room? Making yeah. talk shows, writing books, drawing, creating things, like coming up. I mean, I would get, I was super magical. I had my own little spell book and I would make up these like little healing things and all that stuff. And that was fun. But it's like, that's who inspires me is my spirit. And I feel like we're so much more connected to our spirit when we're children before we get told to kind of cut that off and we go to school and we're yeah, kind of boxed like, in to certain routes that we're a lot of times like artists like people you, said, say, like, you guys are immature it's like well part of it is like we're still we're still kids in a way that like every artist i yeah. know that's into like you know music at the level i'm into they they don't care if they make money at it or at all right they do it because they love it they do it because they're so passionate about it. It's not about trying to hit the trends, right? Mm -hmm. It's about the fact that it makes them feel like that 10 year old kid or a seven year old kid. That's what makes them happy, right? Because they're, they're able to have that kind of freedom of, of having this open mind and that you're always kind of, you know, you you get a little scared when you're a creative person that's willing to kind of push things, right? Cause you go, sometimes you, you go where you're not most comfortable. And a lot of people don't get it. Like they see an artist, they want them to just play the song they love, right? As yeah. a fan. But artists, you know, they might have wrote that when they were eight, 19 years old or mm. 22 years old. By the time they're 38, they probably don't want to play. They don't want the, that's not where their head's at. But their fan is still there. So so the, the creative type of person is probably is always progressing. Right. And it's either right. you're in sync with your fans or you've gone kind of beyond where those fans are. You get new fans. And as a as an artist, you kind of as a person, you have to kind of realize like that you, your yeah. parents, your friends, they might want to see you as like age twenty two, or they want to see you at age three. They want they the person that they knew, but people always progress, and some people, you know, yep. you, they might not stay in sync with you. 
they might get low out of sync with you. You kind of got it. It's like, well, should I change because of that? Or should I keep on going on my journey? You know? <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. I mean, I've struggled with that recently in this past year, to be honest. I, this past year, I decided to really follow my purpose and to really put myself out there and to start acting who I am inside because I was in a lot of ways out of fear or wanting to keep the status quo for my family or my friends. Like you said, like I knew and I had a feeling that if I started to do certain things, I may not have the same people in my life because some people, they are where they're at and they're not going to change. And I love them and that's so great for where they're at, but I got to go. So for a while there, I was keeping myself down and trying to keep these people in my life and then I started to do these things like I'm going like I said I'm putting myself out there I'm going on podcasts and talking about what I do and Ayurveda and the shadow work and the inner alchemy because that's not something a lot of people talk about and it's like well I want more people to know what that really is so that's where this really sets in and so I started to do a lot of healing wrote my book put myself out there and I have lost Mm -hmm. a lot of people in my life actually Um, I lost a big, I was part of a big group for six years and I was very connected and they've helped me so much. And we, um, it was a yoga class and I started to kind of put myself out there and I, I guess I didn't align frequent, like in the frequencies with them anymore because I started to kind of shift. I put blonde in my hair. I started doing different things to feel like more connected with my spirit and stuff. And I, they were um, in a different age group than I am, and they grew up in a different type of generation, I think, as well. So whatever it is, I just know that the frequency, we just weren't vibing together. But I I was scared because I was with them for six years. How do I – what is this going to mean? But once I stepped away from them, yeah, so on. many other things filled that space, though. And it was hard, and sometimes I still look at that, and I miss them. But – I'm going into other places that are bringing me more joy and I don't feel as stuck. And then I also recently, um, I had a best friend for like 26 years and we aren't talking and we haven't been talking for months. And I, we started to vibe out of each other's lives as well because I started to become more authentically me. And like you said, some people had a hard time with that because I was taking ownership. I was becoming more confident. I was becoming more responsible. I was growing. I was my fears and they were used to me like needing them or not being or being afraid and staying in those spaces or talking and doing the drama because I don't really talk and do the drama anymore and so that was a big thing it's like well what do we even talk about especially with my one friend like if I don't have a lot of drama in my life there's not much for us to talk about so I started cutting those things out and some of those people who I love dearly and I still do aren't necessarily as big proponents in my life anymore but I myself am my first and foremost thing now in the in a very loving authentic way and so I would choose this frequency in this place than where I was because when they were in my yeah, life yeah. it was I was uncomfortable yeah, sometimes in my like, own skin, like you know where where people yeah. around you are comfortable you're totally like not like even uh, feeling it within your own skin, you feel like, well, why I don't even feel right. Right. But people expected you to be that way. And, you know, people run into yes. that, you know, cause some people like they create a mask or they create this character and they're like, you think about somebody that's like at a party and they're always kind of like the, the class clown, 
but really they're like very sad and then they might be drinking or yeah. maybe, but then they, they get to a point where like, you know, they found out they were an alcoholic and they were kind of doing this clownish behavior and all the people around them are kind of like, they like that. But that version of that person was hurting that person. And then when they get to a different place, they're not, they're not fun for those people anymore. Yeah. They're like, well, now, now he's not, he's not the life of the party anymore. He's well, you know, that was hurting that person. So that person like gets to a different point and then they got a new set yes. of, you know, people around them because those people around them were like, I know who this person really is. Yeah. And the other people thought they knew him, but there's actually was like a, like a, a mask yep. that you put on the character that you were playing. Um, so uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that because people, you know, they do that to like, yes. protect yourself. A lot of people do it. You know, they, they put these levels on, but, um, Mm -hmm. Is to get you know, if you start to uncover it, then you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, and actually, you saying that brought up how um, I've been trying to find like a photo that I feel like is me because I've like changed a lot. And some of my friends were like, "Well, this is who I," and it was like an old, old photo. And um, they were like, "Well, this is who you are. Like, this is your truest form to me." And I looked at that photo and that photo, I mean, I look cute in it, you know, I'm smiling, but I remember what mm -hmm. I was thinking at that moment. And it is not me. It is not who I am now. But they see me as that person in that energy because that feels comfortable to them. And that's what makes sense to their life. And me changing mm -hmm. almost is uncomfortable to them. You know, so they're like, well, this is who I know you as. And this is who when I first met you, you were. Well, like you said, with the artist. I was what I was like 21, 22 and I was in a whole different place. And now yeah, I'm yeah. 30 and I'm in a different place. So that's not who, <laughs> yeah, <sorry. hard. laughs> that's not who I am anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like, but that person, that person's where they're at. So that helps them feel safe in their life. If I show up in that way, because like you said, we're all playing characters. We are. If I see you Right now, you're a character of, you know, I'm on this podcast, yeah, so I yeah. have to take a different character and I'm, I'm the interviewee, right? So that's that's a character. And then it's like even with our parents and um, like siblings and stuff, it's like if I see my mom for so long, she's acted a certain way. I know this is how my mom's going to act. Mm -hmm. This is how she's going to respond. This is how I show up. This is we all have these energetic characters that we're constantly playing with each other all the time. And I have actually started to notice that and help my clients notice that that when you're talking to someone like I've started to really get quiet and listen to people when I talk now or when they are talking to me I mean I'm mostly quiet a lot anyways but like really because it takes you about 20 minutes to actually start talking to the real person because at first if you bring something up they're gonna they're gonna do ego what they've heard what they're afraid of what the weather is what they heard on the news like it's it's all society first it's all that stuff first. And then you start to really sit down with someone and then you're a half hour in and then now they're like, well, actually, so yeah. this is what's happening, you know, and you really start to get to who they are. But a lot of times we're just talking ego to ego. We're talking fear to fear. We're not even talking to the truth of anyone like who's there. Like if you if I wanted to become a pilot, right. And I'm like telling you, I'm going to become a pilot and you try to become a pilot, but you couldn't do it and you crashed a plane. And I'm like, I'm going to be a pilot. You're going to look at me and you're going to say, no, 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 no. Don't do that. You're, it's going to happen. This is what's going to happen and whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, that's your version. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm going to hear from you is your fear and your experience. 
And so many people will stop other people's experiences with their own experiences, not just saying like, why can't we start to say like, well, this was my experience. This is what I learned from my experience. Don't press the emergency brake on the <laughs> yeah, plane. Yeah. It's going to go down quick. Like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I don't know if there's even an emergency brake. I'm just saying things. But it's like, it's like that type of stuff. So we really want, I really like, kind of like you said, I want to know who you are. Let's really talk. I don't care what society says. I, the fear is going to be there. Like, what do you want? Who are you? And how can we help you get there? Yeah. Because this is just fear. And fear is going to be fear and it's going to be in the way no matter what. But let's move through it. There's another, there's a, there's something on the other end of fear, on the other side of fear. Kind of like when I started really the podcast, I mean, some people were telling me like, oh, you should only do like a 15 minute, half hour. And I said, you know what, what I kind of liked about like documentaries are ones that went like an hour and they kind of go into the depth. And it's like, what I find is like, if I only went 15 minutes, I'm probably not going to even scratch the surface about like what you really want to talk about. But if I go an hour, you're actually going to start. What I find after doing like over 900 yeah. interviews is people really start to show the true vision of themselves when they talk kind of like in a live format that's not scripted and they know it's not taped and they can't go back and fix it. Right. That's why I do live interviews because I like the fact that I get to get to the authentic person yeah. <laughs> that maybe a half hour into it, they start getting comfortable and start revealing things in a way that I feel is very authentic and feels real. doesn't feel like it's an infomercial. It feels like it's a real person. And that's what I've mm -hmm. like to bring to the, to the audience because that's how I yeah. like do my music. I do stream of consciousness music where I'll go for like an hour writing a song and just put my tape on. And then I find it's like half hour into trying to create this new song that half hour into it, that's where it starts to gel. The first 20 minutes is I'm trying to figure it out. But if I keep the tape going, yep. after an hour, I find the bits that actually work as I, I allow myself to not keep on going back and starting and stopping. I actually just do a complete thought. And then it, it, it becomes apparent that it's there. And I think that's what happens when you talk to people, that you start to, you know, it, it starts to reveal itself over time yeah. if you talk to them long enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like we live in such a mental world, right? So it's like when you're making music, like some of it's coming from your brain, but a lot of it's coming from your heart. And a lot of it and a lot of us, we think that our imagination is in our brain because we don't understand that our heart energy is actually 16 times its research, 16 times more powerful than our brain energy. But we spend so much time up in our brain energy because that's where society operates. We live, we live in a mental world it is all mental it is all logical it is all boxes it's all separate it's all what makes sense mm -hmm. but it it's, doesn't make any sense actually when you really start to look at it and it's all absent of feeling like you don't feel anything because what the mind doesn't feel things the mind thinks solves does and actually the mind does not know anything when you're born and you're a baby the mind isn't like, I know everything now. Like, it's like when it gets born, you have to learn what grass is, what a cloud is, who your mother is, who your father is, how to eat, how to walk, how to talk, how to do those things. But what do you do first and foremost? You feel. And that's how you communicate. Because you cry when you're hungry. You cry when you need something. You smile mm -hmm. and like you see a baby's laugh because they're happy. 
you the mother and the people yeah. around the baby they're not talking and mentalizing yeah, with feel, it i mean when they're starting to teach it they are but it's a feeling the mother is like i feel like she needs this or i feel like my baby's saying this it's we're first and foremost feeling yeah. creatures and i don't know where <laughs> that got lost <laughs> but we live in a very mental world that is so absent of feeling and it, even our technology is just another extension of our brain. And it's all trying to help us figure out, solve problems, do these things. And it's still leaving out the heart. So that's why things are getting even weirder and weirder out there because the heart isn't there. But the mind only knows what you tell it. So when someone asks you a question, you can't, you can kind of come up with things, but it's like two plus two, your brain's going to say four. Like it's going to go, like when you know history, it's what you were taught in history books in school. Like, it's only going in to like your own experiences, right? Like, so like, say, um, I don't know what's up with me in cars today. I don't know. But like, say I got, I was in a white car and I was in, a, I got in an accident in a white car. So now every time I get into a white yeah. car, my brain's like warning, warning, warning. And it's yeah. like, it, this yeah. is a completely different car. You know what I'm saying? But my brain says thing, yeah. white car equals bad thing. And so everything moving forward in the future, white car equals bad thing. And so the brain only knows what it knows. That's why you have to create a your life force and your spirit and your anchor mm -hmm. in your heart space. So that way you can start to question and say to yourself like, okay, yes, 20 years ago, I got into a white car and something bad happened. But there's been 20 years now that nothing has happened. So let's be okay with getting into a white car. So now you can start to train your body to respond with your brain differently because you're in control. So the brain starts to respond differently, which allows that sensation that we get in our body that feels like anxiety or fear to subside as well. So it's like we we live in such yeah, this mental world. No wonder we're going crazy because we have to drop into our heart spaces. So that's what happens. It's like when we first start doing something, our brain's like, okay, I need a pencil. I need a this. I need that. I need to turn this on. And it does. It takes it like 20 minutes. Then you start to get into the rhythm and the flow of your music. Now your heart's expanded. Now yeah. you're now you're thinking with your heart, basically. So now you're feeling. Now you're opening into. Now your imagination is happening. Now something new is coming yeah. through. And it's not coming through your brain. It's coming through your being. And that is the difference. And that's what I want people to start to recognize and understand about themselves is we're not just this. We are all of this. And our center of all of this is our heart space. It's the center between our lower chakras, which is our earthly realm, and our higher chakras, which is beyond the earthly realm. And if we sit in this space and we make sense of what's happening here, the brain will fall into alignment. The body will fall into alignment. We just have to allow ourselves to take up that space, to use our hearts the way that our hearts were intended and be more open hearted and not mm -hmm. so afraid. But the mind's going to come in and this is where we have to kind of bypass the mind. So that's what I help people do a lot with my services is work on dropping out of what's going on up here because nothing can be fixed up here or solved mm -hmm. up here because it's going to give you the same answers. Because it's like yeah, a it's like a computer that has a program. It's just going to tell you the same program over and over and over. You drop down in here, we can start to write a new program, which will then go up to it, here, and start running differently. So that's yeah, what I, I think start, it's like, that's what well, I, really I call it like I get into this thing, uh, stream of consciousness or the flow state. So like if you think about a musician, like a classical musician is a good example. Yes. Classical musicians read off the sheet. 
they read Beethoven, Bach, and Chopin. They read it totally off the sheet. What I found with a lot of classical musicians, you try to put them into a jazz fusion band, and there's no sheet music, right? And you tell them, like, kind of just feel it. And they're looking for the sheet because they have to have the instruction. They're using their, their mm. a lot of their mind because they're reading the notes as they were written. Now, they can express it mm-hmm. a little different, but they're kind of locked in. If you get into a more free-form kind of stream of consciousness flow state, you have to trust yourself. And then if you're in a group, you actually are present and you're dealing with something in the moment. And somebody goes off on a different scale, you go off and the drummer changes the rhythm. It's not the end of the world. You actually flow with it and you expand. You don't know where you're going. You might not know where you're going. And some people find that frightening. They find it frightening if they don't know that whole map of the song. They Mm want to know every note, every section they want to know before they get there. And some musicians were like, I don't need to know it before I get there. I kind of want to experience it as it happens. It's a different type of mindset to to be willing to kind of let go and trust yourself and then work with other people and kind of sync with them in nonverbal communication. There's like a nonverbal communication that happens. I love it. I think it's awesome when you're in that state where it's like, I'm not telling them the note. I'm not saying what it is. We just do it. And that's kind of hard for some people to get into. But I think it's probably like in your life, when you get to that flow state, you know, authors get to a state where they could have, you know, outlined it, but then they get into a writing session and it just goes. And they might go off on a tangent and they didn't expect that they were going to go there. But a lot of authors I've talked to, they say, you know, that flow state is very good. And I try not to like get myself, talk myself out of doing it because it actually helps my work. (laughs) Yep. That's exactly what happened with me when I was writing my book, actually. I didn't even mean, I was just like um, sitting on the couch and I'm, I'm like a channel. So like I allow things to flow through me a lot. Like I'm intuitive. I work as an intuitive healer and guide as well. And I have um, like phone sessions with people where I literally just read energy and I help with them with the energy and like picking up things and helping them. Like I, energy is my first language. So like I, I can read it. I can see it. I, I've always been able to. And I would be like weirded out that people couldn't see the energy. I'd be like, why can't like there'd be this nice person talking and like being so wonderful. And I would be like, they're not a good person. And people would be like, what are you talking about? Like these are this is the best person in the whole world. And I'd be like, you're not getting yeah. the vibe like you got to read the vibe like just because they took a shower and they're wearing earrings and fancy perfume doesn't mean they're a good person. You know what I mean? So like I've always been able to do that. And it's just like, yeah. So when I went to go and I got the idea for my book, it was that it was like a flow and it was like, we're going to write a book. And I did, I just like did it, 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 like just typed and let it flowed through me. And I was even like at Mm -hmm. the end of it, like, what did I just create? This is so amazing. But it was like, I didn't have to do a lot of like the brain research stuff. Like sometimes yeah, I mean, afterwards, yeah. after I let it flow, then I went, made sure that it kind of made sense. And it, cause you know what I mean? Yeah. But no, you just kind of sometimes have to like let things move and flow through you to really know who you are. Because a lot of the brain stuff is what you've been told to be and who you should be based on all these things. And some of it we're not even conscious of. Like when you were four, 
your mom could have yelled at you and you lock something in about yourself and that's who you are. You never do that now, right? So it's like that is not who you are. So the flow state allows, like I was saying, that heart to open up and to get into know who you truly are. And it's just like amazing when you get to that flow state and you just start to like, and that's also like um, mm-hmm. I'll encourage clients to do like, like automatic writing where they ask a question to themselves and then they just start at first, and what, especially when I do it for myself, I'll ask my question and then my brain comes in. It's like, D, 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 like with it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but then this, this, this. And then I go back to like when I was in kindergarten, I found a bug and this is why I like this. It's like whatever. It just starts to really make sense of who you are. And then another thing I wanted to touch upon that you said that like really got me thinking too was people want to know where they're going. And I like to tell people, when you came into this world, you knew nothing. So why is the unknown so scary? You know what I mean? Like, we're constantly in a state of unknown. That is the only known there is. We try to create knowns (laughs) because our mind feels safer and knows, yeah, but nothing's known because we could have a storm right now and I don't know. It could be random. It could... Anything can happen at any time. And I know that that can be scary, but it can also be so liberating because anything can happen at any time, which means I have the power to make what it is that I want to have happen in my life happen here and now for myself. And I get to choose which energy I'm going to align with and do that. So it's like, why? I mean, what what you see is like sometimes science, they find things that they end up changing their theories because they find some new information. It's like, oh, well, we thought it was this. But now we found this and it's not that. So we have to revise our our, our theorem because it's not because you only know yep. what you know at the time you wrote it. And then stuff happens and it changes. The people want permanence. They want things that are yes. like, oh, that's that's gonna stay that way. But if you find mm-hmm. things they like, you know, they, the idea of black holes and stuff, there's all kinds of things in physics that end up rewriting what they knew up to the point where they didn't understand it. And then they find it. So it's, it's very creative even when you have scientific laws, it's like there's the universe is always unraveling and there's stuff that there's only so much human beings know at any one time. And then, you know, people want to think that that's it. And I think they they get it at a micro, I I took sociology, right? So it was like microcosm and macrocosm. Microcosm is like the individual and the macrocosm is the the society. And Mm -hmm. people get stuck and they're thinking, well, I'm an individual and I really have no impact on the macrocosm. That's totally false because the macro microcosm and the macrocosm are interchangeable and you're intertwined. What individuals are doing is affecting both. And there's a group group uh, behavior and individual behavior. It's all connected. And so people think, well, if I can, I do this or I say this and it doesn't matter. Things matter. It's all in the universe. And people like try to discount things and then they Uh don't understand how it kind of builds up. So I think there's got to be a better understanding of of like yourself at the beginning, (laughs) because a lot of people, if you, if you don't understand yourself, how are you going to be in a relationship with somebody else? If you don't even know where you are, (laughs) you kind of have to know because you're never going to connect if you don't really know. Yeah. Where you're, you are, where your problems are, because you you just try to think somebody's going to save you. No one can save you but yourself. Like you can't like you think that I'm gonna find some soulmate yeah. that's gonna save me. Like if you haven't resolved the core issues that are part of what's going on with yeah. you, that other external person, how they they're not gonna change it. 
you're just going to keep on repeating it with different people. Yep. And that is exactly what my like inner alchemy pain into power is all about. To be honest, it's like, that's what it was for me. And that's actually what Ayurveda teaches too, is the microcosm and the macrocosm and how what I do actually changes the cosmos far, far away from me. And it's like amazing because it is all interconnected. It is, it is all intertwined. So when I was younger, I came from, I saw the world as a very dark, scary, fearful place. And I was dark and scary and fearful to be around. People were afraid I was going to kill myself. People were afraid like to rock the boat. Um, I had triggers. I would have blowups. I would not be able to leave my room for days. Like I lived in a very dark world. And then I decided I didn't want to live that way anymore. And I wanted to take things into my own hands and I wanted to get to know myself and open up into my heart space. And so I started to do the real work, getting to know myself, getting to know my triggers, my wounds, my pain, my past, getting to know who I truly am, working with my mental body, going in, healing my inner child with my heart body, doing those things. Now my world is so bright and people love being around me. Sometimes I even have to like create boundaries because people want to be in my life. And I have to be like, I need, now yeah. I need to sit in my room for three days. Like, and I love it. I love, I love all of it now. And it's, my world is completely different. I literally change and it's just my perspective because we have complete and total authority over our worlds. We don't even realize. So I used to live in hell and now I live in heaven mm -hmm. to me. And I'm continuing to find more and more of what that heaven to me looks like or that that positive life or that dream life for myself is. But we literally can move from one space, getting to know who we are, into a completely different space. And it's all working with the energy. It's all getting to know yourself. It's all like doing the deeper stuff, but going in and understanding that I kind of changed the world in a lot of ways. I changed my world and now how I show up and operate in the world is helping other people to change their world, which is helping other people change their world, which is helping. It's all, like you said, this interconnected spirally process that happens and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And that's where I really encourage people right now where the world's at and what things are going on. Get to know yourself. Really spend some time getting to know yourself because we have seen it. It's only the more that we give our authority to the outside world, the more fearful we are, the sicker we are, and the more crazed we feel. But when you start to go inwardly and you start to get to know who you are, all that stuff's going to be happening and you're going to say, but I can do something for myself here and I can choose this and that's the best thing that's going to make me feel good and feel safe and right. And it's not going to be hurting anyone else or anything. It's just going to be setting boundaries, taking care of yourself, feeling in alignment, making new connections with people that you feel are actually in alignment with you now. You know what I mean? A lot of things, even though it's unknown, it's so beautiful is how it unfolds. It's like you bloom and it's just so amazing. So I love that you brought up the microcosm and the macrocosm because I've literally seen that my little microcosm has changed and my macrocosm has changed. I don't see a lot of the old fearful stuff that I used to see because I'm not in alignment with it anymore. I, when I open up my social mm -hmm. media, only positive. I rarely see negative things because that's where yeah. I it's pay like, attention like, to you, now. You, like your, I think you know? your book is called Cleanse Your Energy. If you think about it, like if you're in a bad, fractured place, right, 
it's kind of like you're like if you think about something like a like a wave you're like a jagged waveform you're radiating like this kind of anxiousness right then you're prickly people are going to be like do they really want to be around people that are are giving off a vibe that they're like it makes you uncomfortable like so but if you get at peace like if you find your like inner peace if you start then what happens is people start coming around you because they feel comfortable to be around you because you're not you're not giving off this kind of yes. aggressive energy that's like, like like pushing people away and so like when you know that you can get yourself in alignment and kind of yes. calm yourself down from being like in a fight or flight kind of fractured self you're always running you're always like scared you have fear like fear is what causes like all the, the massive problems you know if you, you know i've been a study of um, politics and history fear always generates anger violence because people get you know that's the easy thing to do is like well i'm gonna go yes. take care of that before it comes to me <laughs> without thinking about what it means right because it's just like all about protecting yes. mm -hmm. and if you feel more confident you're not gonna be yep. as oh scared you're not gonna be as fearful so i think that it puts you like in that idea of that wellness yep. of of yourself you know, it's a good place to be so Again, I think I mentioned your website, uh, www.innerelementwellness.com. So that people like we talked about at the beginning, but if you go to your website, what, what do people find again? They will find a list of my services that I offer. They'll find my inner alchemy program, turning your pain into power, which I love working with people. Like I said, I can work virtually in person. Doesn't matter. You're going to find my gratitude course, which is my free gratitude course. I made it free because gratitude should be free because it's just something that is can change your whole entire life. And so if you don't want to work, work with me, go and at least do the free gratitude course because I'm telling you it will change how you see things like I anything that happens to me even if it's a negative positive doesn't matter I say thank you and it shifts it's just amazing like I will forever be a proponent or like a supporter of gratitude and putting it out there so you'll find that and then I wrote like you said the cleanse your energy book is on there um, you can find the e-version on my website and then you can also find the paperback in-person version on Amazon mm. as well and cleanse your energy I love how you kind of describe that whole process of like if you're a jagged wave when you cleanse your energy you get to be the wave that you want and like you said you can start to track the things into your life that you want and that is exactly why I wrote that book is to help people if you again if you don't want to have to work with someone I give you seven ways to cleanse your energy I break down what your energy body is what it looks like when it's clogged up how it gets clogged up why you need to cleanse it the power of intention behind cleansing your energy the power of gratitude and bringing that into your energy practice there's a quiz in there too that you can figure out where your energy's at and then what of the practices that I've outlined that you can help start to cleanse your process and like energy start that process for you and it's really really amazing because since I've consistently been cleansing my energy from interactions with people from my own childhood from my past from my pain I am peace like I can say that I found peace inside myself and it's not something that I'm like pretending like it's a real thing and that's why I wrote this book and that's why I feel like it was channeled through me in a lot of ways to give people permission to start taking responsibility for their energy cleansing it and then showing up in a world that they want to live in and that they want to be a part of without letting the energy of the world dictate you you get to dictate um, information your information for people to check out and like I said 
that is fully, the link is fully clickable um, on the published version of where on everywhere you can watch or listen to a podcast. This podcast will be out there uh, within a couple of hours. So thank you again for being on the Fam Electric Ghost podcast. We do create a landing page for your audience where they can choose to watch or listen. Uh, and we'll give that to you later today. And so then if they have a particular platform they like to listen or watch podcast on, they can choose which one they want to. So we'll give you that later today once we've created it. Um, but again, yeah, we're on all the platforms, okay. so it'll, it'll be no problem. But thank you again for being on the Fam Electric Ghost podcast and uh, have a great day. Remember, don't fully leave the studio because we're finishing the recording, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, and I want to say thank you for having me and for the insights that you shared as well. They were like very beautiful and in alignment with a lot of things that I think. So thank you oh, thank for you. what you're doing as well. Have a good day. You too.